Hey, everybody, you're listening to the Smarter Business Finance Podcast, episode number 11. Equipment leases with quarterly payments can be a total flim flam. Are you a small business owner looking to take your skills to the next level? Interested in getting real information about financing business equipment and business loans? Without the worry of getting scammed, you've come to the right place. Welcome to the Smarter Business Finance Podcast with your host, Rob Mishaloff. So welcome to the show, everybody. You're listening to another episode of the Smarter Business Finance Podcast. And today we're going to talk about a scam, a total scam, total fraud, something totally bogus, which is, and it's it's not always bogus, but for the most part, it's something to be really careful of and, and to steer clear of. The equipment leasing scam and equipment financing scam that utilizes quarterly payments. And this is something that can really rook you if you're not careful. What some companies are doing is they will offer you an equipment leasing contract with quarterly payments, uh, meaning once once a quarter, once every three months. And that that sounds fine, right? What, what, what on earth could be wrong with that? And I, I'm going to tell you, it all comes down to a term known as interim rent, and this this is really sneaky. A lot of equipment leasing, and interim rent isn't in and of itself a scam. What, what interim rent is, uh, the easiest way to think about it, let's say you go and you buy a house, and your home loan closes on the first of the month, and your payment will be due, let's say, the fifth of the month. And so for the four days between when your loan closes and when your monthly payment's going to be due, you have to pay that four, four days of, of interest. And in equipment financing, some companies do and some companies don't, but it's called interim rent. And so, for example, if your payment is going to be, uh, let's say you finance some piece of equipment and your payment's going to be on the fifth of every month, and your your lease is actually funded and the equipment's delivered. Let's say it's the third of the month. So there's two days that most companies, not all, but but most, will collect what's called interim rent. They'll add that into your contract for uh, that two days. And so let's say if your payment is a thousand dollars a month, you may end up in the beginning, owing them another $60, which I mean, is, is no big deal that that's cost uh, to eat at a not even that nice restaurant for two people. That's when it's two days. Now, the quarterly payment model is designed in some cases, not in all cases, but can be designed so that the company gets an extra three months of payments off of you or almost an extra three months because they'll design it oftentimes so it's not 90 days because 90 days would be a full quarter and they couldn't get away with it, but 89 days of what's called interim rent. And so let's take a 36-month contract to buy equipment. And what what will happen is the company, uh, and this this is where you can spot a stinker, Say you get quotes from two or four different companies to 
lease or, or finance a, a piece of equipment. And the the company that offers you quarterly payments may be offering what looks like a much lower rate, much lower payments if broken out month by month than anyone else. And you wonder, well, how can they do that? Well, because number one, they're going to charge you one payment. So even though they're they're going to quote you based on a 36-month contract, they're going to get you for one payment in advance. Remember that payment is for three months. And then they may be, and I'm going to be very careful because not all quarterly payments are a scam, but do do your homework. But they get you for 89 days of interim rent and you make three extra months of payments. Well, that, that's how they can get away with offering cheaper rates than anyone else. And what some of them will do is they'll tell you, yeah, it's a, it's a 5% rate. Go ahead and calculate it. And you'll go ahead and calculate it and Sure, it will look like a 5% rate as long as you forget that you made the first payment up front and you made three extra payments. And this, we almost lost a a deal to a competitor because of this very recently. Uh, And I'm going to tell you the story. So we had a a, a customer, strong, strong, strong borrower, good credit, good cash flows. There were two negatives to the situation. The first was he just under two years in business and under two years in business, it's a little bit harder to get financing. And, and the second second negative that, that made it a little tough in this situation was the type of equipment that was being purchased. It was basically small tools uh, and an oil pump to, that are used in a very cautionary industry, which is the oil and gas industry. And many, many, many of the companies that provide equipment leasing and financing literally will not extend an offer to anybody in the oil and gas industry simply because of the volatility of that market and how companies can make it, be making tons of money one week and then you know something happens, price of oil changes, demand changes, and all of a sudden everybody's out of business or not making their payments and so on and so forth. And it's particularly true. It's less true with some of the heavy like drilling rigs. Like we see these workover rigs that last for 40 years. And those, those are, are great collateral and, and much easier to get financed. But when you, when you're dealing with kind of, you know, what we call softer equipment in a cautionary industry, it can be hard to get somebody approval and rates can be a little higher, but we were being shopped. We knew who we were being shopped against and we knew that outside of a fraudulent offer, the offer that we extended was going to be uh, pretty much the, the best offer that this gentleman could come by. However, we also knew, based on who we were being quoted against, that the one that was going to come in with a lower payment than we were was going to offer quarterly payments to this gentleman, and that that was going to be a total boondoggle. Like this guy was literally walking in to being just just totally screwed. And just like I don't do on the podcast, we don't ever badmouth our competitors. 
um, even when we think it's the scummiest place on the planet, and and in many cases know that the customer is being defrauded because we don't want to put ourselves in that situation. And, you know, for example, there's a, a really, really good resource out there, which is called leasing news. I'm going to put a link in the show notes, show notes, but the, the, the website is leasingnotes.org and it's run by this guy, Kit Menken, and he will call out all the sleaze balls, all the bad tactics, all the stuff to be careful of. But he can do that because he's a journalist. I'm not a journalist. I'm out there competing for business. And so the minute I say to you, oh, that guy is a scumbag, it just doesn't, it's it's not a good way to, to represent oneself. And because I'm not an objective source, uh, the only thing what we will do is we'll, we'll be, the most we'll say is two things is, Make sure you read up on the reviews of that company. And we won't tell you, hey, the reviews of that company are terrible. We'll just tell you, read up our reviews and read up the competitors' reviews uh, on Google and and ripoff report and so forth. And then the other thing, in in this case, we said, just, just, you know, make sure that you understand clearly uh, about interim rent. And that was it. And turns out this gentleman went... And he, he asked uh, the company that we were competing against to spell out clearly in the contract if there would be interim rent and how much interim rent would be added to that contract, which is, you know, that's a very, very fair request. And magically, he came back to us because... His wonderful approval that was much lower than anyone else in the market was willing to offer him. Once he asked that company to spell out the interim rent, they canceled the approval. You know what? We, we changed our mind. We've reanalyzed your situation and we cannot extend you financing, which means they were getting ready to tool them up. And, and so anytime a, a, a company is trying to push you towards quarterly payments, just be really careful. And I'm going to, again, in leasing news, there's there's been a couple of great articles on, on this subject. Uh, and I, I'm going to put a link link to, to those articles. But anytime you get offered a, a quarterly payment uh, that you didn't ask for when you're trying to finance some equipment, be super, super careful and just make sure you ask about the interim rent, especially if the contract looks too cheap. Like if, if someone's offering you uh a contract that that's on a quarterly or monthly basis hundreds of dollars uh and depending on the size of the transaction thousands of dollars cheaper than the two or three other people that that you got quotes from something stinks uh and that's just you know get them get them to spell it out and and watch the the approvals magically evaporate so with that said uh, I've got a couple of pretty good uh, emails that I want to read to you and and respond to. Okay, so the first email we're going to go over, we got an email from someone, I'm going to call her Betsy. We, we don't want to call anyone out by their, their real names and embarrass anybody, but we got an email from Betsy, and the email says, Hi, I'm researching finance companies for my husband. 
He has 19 years Class A driving experience as a company driver, long haul and local, and he's at the point that he wants to solo as an owner-operator. We've registered the business and got the EIN. As he continues to work as a company driver, we are doing some research on his days off looking for decent used semi and financing offers. We really haven't had much luck as most of the financing companies deal with people with bad credit. My husband has great credit, high 700s or low 800s. I wanted to ask Smarter Finance USA if there are any good financing options for someone in our situation. We have money available for a down payment, but we will have to finance. I was hoping to find a company that offers a low interest rate. Thanks in advance for any help you can offer. And so, Betsy, the only way uh, to deal with business owners, we believe, is straight up. And I'll I'll tell you what happens when you deal with people straight up right from the get-go. A small portion of them get angry with you and... We actually like that because if you deal with someone straight up and they get angry with you, they're not ever going to face reality. And we like not not to deal with those people because we're probably not going to be doing business with them and communicating further would be a waste of time. However, we also find that the folks that are really serious super appreciate the fact that we're, we're straight up with you. We've been told by a lot of our customers that it's rare in the marketplace to have people not dance around the subject. So let's be straight up. There's no Santa Claus. There's no Easter Bunny. And low rate or low interest rate financing for a startup trucker does not exist. Now, let's talk a little bit about that because... We, we, uh, last week's show, uh, we had May Philpot on, and we, we talked about how things like interest rate uh, aren't, are sometimes, you know, it's really an arbitrary number. And I, I kind of want to go over this with you. M- maybe you've seen, you know, they have the Susie Orman show, and the people will call in and they'll ask her, Can I afford this? And you'll have someone call in and they have $3,000 in the bank and they want to buy a picture of Elvis that costs $2,000. And she says, no, girlfriend, you cannot afford this. And so I I thought we'd play a game like that, only we're not going to talk about Elvis pictures or pinball machines or something dumb like that. We're going to talk about business opportunities and kind of how to tell if the rate makes sense for you or not. Because... What you consider to be a low interest rate is going to be a far cry from what you're going to be offered as a startup business, uh, period. There's, there's just no way around it. So th- th- this is what I want you to do. Take out a piece of paper, and I want you to draw a line down the middle of that piece of paper. And on the left-hand side, you didn't tell me what your, your husband's name was. We'll just call him Steve. And so I want you to write... On the left-hand side, in in big numbers, Steve's current income working for the man, you know, driving somebody else's truck. And and, uh, in our experience, most of the time, uh, and it depends what area of the country you're in, but most of the time, the income generated driving somebody else's truck will be somewhere in the neighborhood of about $5,000 a month. Now, if it's more than that, you know, feel free to put a higher number in there. But what we typically see is $5,000 a month. 
Now on the left-hand side, so that's choice A, and I want you to circle that number that you wrote down, whether it's 5,000 or 4,000 or 6,000. Make a big, giant circle around it. Now, let's go to the other side of the line. And the first step is let's figure out how much revenue is going to be generated by Steve driving his own truck. And so you may not know that at this point. What I can tell you from talking to dozens and dozens of truck operators, owner operators, is a lot of times we see contracts that pay around $2 per mile. Now, in the beginning of this year, uh, it was a little lower than that uh, for a very brief period of time. And, and the reason for that, uh, if you remember, the, the price of oil, oil became almost free. And all of a sudden, all the folks in the oil industry were scrambling to keep their trucks on the road. And, and rates for loads became very, very, very competitive. But of course, I mean, oil couldn't be whatever it was, $22 or something dumb like that per barrel. Oil wasn't going to stay like that forever. And as oil prices have come back up and the industry stabilized, we're back to that normal like $2 a mile. And we're going to assume in this case that, that you're talking about a long haul truck and not local trucking. And so, of course, we, we do sometimes talk to people that say, well, I only got offered a dollar a mile. Well, you don't take that deal. And if you can only get offered a dollar a mile, you don't go into business. Keep driving somebody else's truck because that's going to be a better deal for you. But uh, in reality, the amount you're going to get paid should be somewhere around two bucks a mile. And Steve will probably be driving somewhere in the neighborhood of 2,500 miles a week. So you take that $2 or if it's $1.75 or whatever, and you multiply it by that 2500 and you get $5,000 a week. Or since there's four weeks in most months, a little bit more, but we'll just use four weeks, that's $20,000 a month. Now, of course, that's not the income. Uh, that's the revenue because now we have to deduct the costs. And the major cost that you have running uh, an owner-operator long-haul trucking, first of all, you, you got to count fuel. And fuel can change in price, obviously, from week to week. But so we're going to put uh, $4,000. That sounds uh, pretty reasonable and pretty close to normally what we hear people telling us that the fuel is going to run them. So it's $4,000, and that's a month. So we're going to put mine under that $20,000 or whatever number you stuck there, we put minus $4,000. Now, next, obviously, you're going to have insurance. And insurance varies. Uh, it can be different from state to state. And uh, if you have bad credit, it might be higher than if you have good credit. But we're just going to put in there $750 a month for insurance. Because in some states, I've heard a lot less. In some states, I've heard a little bit more. But we're just going to be, be reasonable here. And then I'm hoping with your truck you're going to set aside at least $1,000 a month for maintenance because, I mean, you're going to be driving that truck. It's going to break sometimes, and you're going to need tires and, and all sorts of other things. And then we're also going to stick another $1,000 in there for other, you know, other costs that can arise uh, just out of running your business. And so you, I want you to minus all those numbers from that original $20,000, 
and that's $13,250 left over before your truck payments. Now, let's talk about what the truck payments are going to be. We're going to assume a $75,000 truck. That's going to be a pretty decent truck that's going to keep you on the road without hassles for a long time. Now, let's pretend there was no interest charges at all. Let's, let's pretend the tooth fairy came down and gave you as a startup, not ever going to happen, but gave you as a startup a loan at 0% interest. That would run you, assuming a five-year deal, $1,300 a month. So you take that $1,300 uh, and you, you minus it from the $13,250 we just calculated. Of course, your numbers may be different. Do your own numbers. But you're going to end up with $12,000. Now, let's circle back to reality. What you're actually going to get offered now. As somebody, congratulations, by the way, for having great credit. Uh, as somebody with great credit, the rates you're going to be offered are much lower than what you'd be offered as somebody with bad credit. And what you might see in terms of, and it's not an interest rate, when you, le when you finance a truck as a startup, it's always, always done as a lease, but we're going to assume a dollar out lease meaning you own the truck at the end. And we're going to impute a 13% rate on that lease, meaning for every uh, roughly 13%. So for every $10,000 borrowed, you're going to pay $1,300 a year in finance charges, even though the contract won't actually say that. It will just show you a payment. Now, People might tell you, people that don't know anything might tell you that, that that's crazy. I mean, that's a really, who cares? Here's the deal. Paying that rate instead of 0%, which you're never going to get, uh, creates a payment of $2,145 a month compared to that $1,300. Let's look at the actual impact. So remember at a 0% rate, you'd be paying, uh, you'd be left with $12,000 a month after making all of your expenses. At that higher rate, eh, it's going to be closer to $11,000. So whatever number you get, if it's $11,000 or if it's a little bit more or it's a little bit less, I want you to make big circles around it. Now, on the left-hand side of that paper, we have the $5,000 or $4,000 or $7,000, whatever Steve's currently making. That's in a big circle. On the right-hand side of the paper, we're going to have the number we just circled, which is what he would be making using reasonable assumptions after all the costs are included in the business. Now, if... Hit your numbers are anywhere near normal, you're going to see $5,000 on the left-hand side, and you're going to see ten dollars or $11,000 on the right-hand side, which means getting approved for financing for that truck at that interest rate that you don't like means doubling your income. It's like having two Steves driving down the road instead of one. Now, more importantly, 
I also want to talk to you about something called opportunity cost. And opportunity cost is simply the cost of not doing something. And for example, if I decide that I'm like my wife decided a number of years ago that she wanted to go to nursing school and the cost of going to nursing school wasn't only the cost of actually paying for the nursing school, but also the cost of not working for the two and a half years until she was able to become a registered nurse because the the amount of time that it took her to go to school meant she couldn't hold down a full-time job at that same time. Now, in this case, it sounds like you're only looking for the financing or looking to start your business here part-time while you're trying to find rates that probably don't really exist. And the question is, how long is that going to take you before you come to terms with the fact that you're going to have to pay what financing really costs? And what I mean by that, so we just went over if, for example, your income is $5,000 a month, but you could increase your income to $10,000 a month after expenses by getting into financing and getting your own truck, every additional month that takes you to make that decision will cost you $5,000. So if you don't make that decision for three months because you continue to search and you continue to search, you've just cost yourself $15,000. And that's the opportunity cost of simply what you're missing out on. And so I've got another email here. Uh, It's from, uh, we'll call him Sam. And the email says, Rob, yes, if a private lender will fund you, say, 20K, but you must send him $500 first, would you do it? And if so, why? And I actually emailed back and forth with Sam with a couple of questions because I didn't want to automatically. I mean, that it kind of sounds kind of stinky, but I didn't want to assume. I wanted to get, get all the facts. And so first I asked him, is this, this for equipment or is it just a, st- a straight loan? Uh, and it turned out it was just a straight loan. And then the second question I asked him for whether the company asked him for the normal things that you get asked for when you're taking out a small business loan. Like what are your Bank, what's your cash flows? You know, typically, uh, depending on the size of the loan, and for a twenty thousand dollar loan, you're not going to do any real underwriting on it. But t- typically, you'd be asked for uh, three months of bank statements, and they, they want to make sure you at least are having money come through the doors. And the answer was no, no, uh, they didn't ask for anything. And Sam told me that the person told him that the five hundred dollars was for insurance. And, you know, as funny as Sam kind of knew it was stinky, but he wasn't sure why. And, you know, I mean, if you guys have seen that silly movie, uh, American Hustle, where the guy was out there charging people $5,000 and just not applying them for a loan and and pocketing the $5,000. Like, this sounds kind of like the same thing, only that was the 70s. And so this guy, the guys in the 70s were, were... pretty sophisticated in pocketing the equivalent of what's probably fifteen or twenty thousand dollars today. Like the the guy that Sam talked to sounds like 
I mean, it could be legitimate, but I kind of Sam smelled it too, and he just wanted to make double sure. Kind of like when you see those faith healers on TV that say, if you send me money, magic stuff's going to happen. And some people, like obviously they get some people to send them money, but most people with any sense kind of know that can't really be right. And so Sam knew it wasn't right. He was just kind of double checking. Uh, and I told him, no, when when somebody charges if someone does no due diligence and and uh and due diligence just means like checking to make sure there's something for real and says oh yeah you're approved for a loan now you got to send me money uh be super 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 careful and i'm pretty sure sam did not go through and, and send this joker five hundred dollars uh in order to, for uh quote unquote insurance for his twenty thousand dollar loan So that's all I got this time. Thanks again for listening. Uh, Always want questions from you. So would love to answer them on the show. My email, rob at smarterfinanceusa.com. And thanks again, everybody. And we'll talk next week. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Smarter Business Finance Podcast with your host, Rob Micheloff, online at SmarterFinanceUSA.com, Twitter at SmarterFinanceU, and on Facebook.com slash SmarterFinanceUSA. We'll catch you next time.